Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the third episode of the Back to the Point podcast. My name is Migs. I'm one of your hosts. And I'm Ian. I'm the other host. And how are you doing So these past few days, Ian? It's been a while since we last recorded, about a week. Yeah, been good. There's a little bit of hockey been going on, a little bit of Sharks news, a little bit of something, something going on. Um, how's, your, how's your life other than hockey? I'm trying to connect with you. There's been a there's been a dark spot in my life. Oh yeah. Um one of my idols has been a, a little a little harsh with me. Tell me more. So, I'm not sure if you know, but uh I there's this podcast that I listen to. It's called The Dudes on Hockey Podcast. Oh, you know, I listen to them too, yeah. Oh, they're so good. Yeah. I honestly I I drink up every word that they say mm-hmm. and uh you know we did send them an email we were kind of excited to tell them that they inspired us to create our own podcast um and uh in jest they said they should uh listen to our podcast and tell us what we did wrong yeah. which we may have invited to ourselves. i think we did we told them that they should uh listen to our first podcast to find ways they can undermine us and i think they they responded to that again uh, and they said, yeah, we might pick apart their podcast. And, you know, they seemed like if they thought it might be too mean to do. Um, but, you know, that kind of gave us an idea that if they, th- we really like them, we want them to uh, pick us apart, help us to see what we might be doing wrong, things we might do better. So it wouldn't be that hard to do that for one of their episodes. I think I found a lot of, a lot of things wrong in their last episode, didn't you? Yeah, I mean, I don't really think they believe in the sharks as much as we do. Yep, I think that's true. And yeah. it's really become evident to me just in this single last episode that I've seen. Maybe just in like a five minute span, you could really see it. Yep, definitely. So let's 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 break it down. Uh, starting from the beginning of their podcast all the way to the end. Um, so one of the things that happened. So uh, the dudes, their names are Mike and Doug. Um, listeners, you can check out their podcast if you want to. I guess um, we'll see how you feel after we we share our comments, but. All, all Mike, two Mike at the be- what's that? All two of our listeners. All two of our listeners so far, yeah. Who are us? <laughs> and mom and dad and uh, brother. But they don't sister. actually listen, do they? Your dog, who you love, as, My as dog was evident from our second podcast, nice. right? Um, so Mike, at the beginning of the podcast, he, you know, he said, "All things considered, he's happy, even though the Sharks lost their last game to the Oilers." Can you be happy after a after a Sharks loss, Ian? You know, the Sharks have played over fifty games. How many wins do they have? Not 50. Not 50. I'll tell you That's that. They don't have 50 wins, and that is not okay. Yeah. Joe Thornton is not leading the league in assists. Joe Pavelski is not leading the league in goals. And, and you he's know not who's tipping not... pucks enough. You know Everybody who... talks he never about does that. He needs to do better. We he have a high standard the for puck. him. It's, it's really frustrating because all he does is take shots from the blue line, and they're always backhands. Yeah. And somehow they just float in because he's just got this laser backhand that goes so fast. But the thing that really pisses me off, you know, Logan Couture is not second in scoring. Yes. That's, you know, that's not problem. okay. And, and Hurdle, Hurdle, we have not given him uh, a bionic knee yet, you know? He, he needs <laughs> one, and we haven't, the coach doesn't believe in him, you know? Yeah. He doesn't believe in him. And I, that, I think that frustrates me. And yeah. they, don't, they don't quite understand that. Clearly, clearly, the dudes don't uh, hold the sharks as high of a standard as us and most sharks fans do. So, for them to suggest that they're happy after losing to the Edmonton Oilers, it's so one. It's so reasonable. Like uh, they're so reasonable and level-headed. Uh. Not good. Anyway, let's move on. So, 
la- a little bit later on their podcast, Doug, Doug, they're talking about t- Tampa Bay. They're talking about the rest of the league. I don't know why they would talk about the rest of the league at all. There's only one team in the NHL, and it's the Sharks. They Seriously. Every well, I guess there's other teams, other teams that are there for us to beat. But yeah, well, that's by D- Doug refused to believe that Tampa Bay, the Tampa Bay Lightning, are a bad team. And why they have like no good players? Why would why would you say that? Of course they're bad. Just believe it. Yeah, if you believe they're bad, they will be bad. Yeah, I don't know why. People like people like Mike and people like Doug. They just don't believe in the Sharks enough, and that's why we didn't win the Stanley Cup playoffs last year. You know, all they had to do was just try a little harder, and we would have won. Because it doesn't matter about what the players are, whoever you're a team. It's all about how you believe. It's a clear fact that if enough Sharks fans will it, we will win the Stanley Cup. And, and I think they're bringing, bringing things down. Mm-hmm. I definitely think the uh, Sharks ownership should really prioritize expanding the arena because then there would be more fans in the arena. Therefore, we would win more games. Yep, so. louder. The, the, yeah. Our loud voices will lift them up to victory. And who's this guy Stamkos that they're talking about, right? Is he, some, is he a supposedly good player in Tampa Bay? It's pronounced Stamkos. Stamkos. Oh, right. It's really annoying that they keep on Stam talking Canopolis, about him. actually. Yeah, it's yeah. like, has he scored more than 50 goals before? No. Has Couture passed five yeah. seasons? Yeah. I don't know why he's talking about him. But Well, I think you might got your facts a little bit not straight there. but I believe that he... my facts are right, therefore they are right. Okay, yeah, you're right. Okay. You know, let's just go one more. Let's hit up, let's, let's finish this off with something from the end. Okay, so... Um, he talked about a few things. They, they, oh, I got, okay. Let's talk about a couple more things before that though. He, they suggested that Patrick Marlowe is streaky. Have you heard such a lie before in your life? It's statistically proven with a binomial distribution that he scores once every three games. That's pretty standard. <laughs> that's high. That's high production. That's high clearly. production. And that's just goals, right? Yeah. We're not talking about primary or secondary assists. He's got streaky assists, but he scores goals once every three games. It's awesome. Consistently. Also, they were talking about our goaltending a little bit. They spent some time talking about Aaron Dell, and they suggested that there's better goaltending elsewhere in the league. Martin Jones is number one, and you know who's number two, Ian? Aaron Dell. And there is no argument against that. For them to suggest otherwise is just absurd. Yeah, that kind of, that really just boils my blood. (laughs) He's he's yeah. faced 500 shots and he stopped 501 of those shots. So I don't really know where they're getting this information from, but it sounds like they actually pay attention to the NHL and they actually know what they're talking about, which is really kind of frustrating. Why would you if you go to nhl.com, would you go to any other team's website? No, you go straight to the Sharks cuz it's the only thing that matters, right? Exactly. They're just the other teams are just fodder for us yeah. to trample on, right? Yeah, it's just shavings of ice to skate through. We'll we'll get towards the end. They talked about how the Capitals are the best team in the league. Oh my gosh! Now this is just heresy. This is just heresy at that point, right? The Capitals are maybe the best team in the AHL. I'll give them that, but they're not in the NHL. Exactly, exactly. I just it's just, I'm in disbelief. Yeah, it hurts. You know, and before they close their podcast, they you know they're reading their emails, and of course. They alluded to the email that we had sent them and how they talked about us on their previous podcast. And, you know, they were kind of disrespectful to us. What, just because they have, what, 300-something, 400-something podcasts that, they, that they're better at this than us? We know we're starting out, but that's really disrespectful, don't you think? 
I don't actually think it's disrespectful. They are nice guys. But it's like it's like they have experience and that like counts for something, you know? It's yeah. Like weird. Oh my gosh. Like the way they don't make mistakes and how they talk like we do yeah. all the time. Their production quality is like a thousand times better than us. Like, mm, okay. Yeah. Oh, come on. I just can't believe those guys. Grr. <sighs> you know, that was fun. But in all seriousness, we really do like the dudes on hockey. <laughs> and uh, I think that as much as they insulted us in their past couple podcasts i was just so giddy and yeah. that probably sounds so pathetic but we uh <laughs> was really excited that they talked about us i feel like yeah. i sound like yeah. a child but uh yeah no we they really were, respect Go they ahead. were they were they were doing it in in jest you know yeah they were having some good fun that we invited on ourselves with our uh, response to them and just like megs like we the dudes on hockey podcast they are a long time sharks podcast that's probably the best one out there um, everyone, everyone should listen to it. They're, they know their stuff. They care about the league. Uh, they are great hosts. Their production is great. Um, we listen to it so often that we really just uh, looked up to them and thought how fun it would be to do that with our best friend as well. So yeah, you know they hockey. said they said the first time they have a long simmering brand man since high school, and you know I think we meet that criteria at least, right? Yeah, if that's the only criteria, we got it. Yeah. So. <laughs> We really appreciate them mentioning us even in passing on our show. I think I like was like shouting in my car because I was so excited. And I was like <laughs> snapping my fingers. I was like telling my wife, I was like, go back, go back. Listen, they talked about us. They said, Nick listen and to Ian. it the 99th time, the 100th time. Right? <laughs> That's me. Yeah. yeah. No, so uh, I just want to say to them if they're listening, if they happen to uh, listen to this podcast, it's not that hard to really pick apart somebody's part- podcast. So feel free to do it to ours because we could probably use a lot of help it might probably mean we need help so thank you yeah and you know if they do that we'll get obliterated and destroyed but you know that's okay at least it'll be them that are destroying us right um but yeah listeners if there are any other listeners out there definitely check out the dudes on hockey i think ian and i can both agree that it's the best i guess casual sharks podcast out there um, there's some other hockey podcasts that talk about the league in general that are really good. But if you're a Sharks fan, definitely listening to dudes on hockey is a, uh, is a good one. So yeah. it'll, it'll raise your hockey awareness. Um, and definitely about the Sharks, just about kind of what goes on during the game and a little bit more like team oriented team level stuff. Yeah. Which is, yeah. which is great. It's fun too. They, <laughs> they, uh, they got, got a great chemistry. So and like like we kind of said, they're our inspiration. So uh, we we definitely enjoy listening to them a lot. Um, so should we get started with our actual uh, content? I think we should. For I believe day. that begins um, January twenty third versus Colorado. Okay. Was this the second game against Colorado? Yes. It was, wasn't it? Okay. Yes, it was. We played a back to back. October twenty third. Oh, 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 we only have to say one thing about this game. Yes. You know what it is? Marlo, Marlo, oh, Patrick, Marlo, Marlo. Patrick Marlo. He scores uh, four goals in the You third know what period. was the best thing about this game, Ian? I I think I recorded it because Jeremy Roenick was one of the was one of the NBC analysts at the end of the game. So I was just like, what is he going to say about Patrick Marlowe? What is he going to say about Patrick Marlowe right now? And of course he was just like, yeah, uh, he's a, uh, you know, he's just such a great player and 
you know <laughs> did you write about that in your biography did you <laughs> jr he only has one option of what to say after he scores four goals uh, listeners for those who don't know uh jr is a is a a uh, all-time great nhl player who finished out his career uh with the sharks who was a teammate with patrick marlowe and i guess they didn't get along too well and multiple times as jr has moved on to broadcasting he's a uh, definitely called out Patrick Barlow for being gutless and not having emotions or whatever Marlowe was wearing that day is the wrong outfit. Um, and <laughs> in his, in JR's biography, he uh, ripped up a new one as well. You know, it's funny. I think he said that he like went to his house to like, tell him off, like you're not working hard enough. <laughs> it's just, well, so I mean, when ridiculous. they're on a team, when they're on the same team, you know, it'd be a little bit different if he did that while he's broadcasting, but yeah, yeah. but, uh, JR, did you score four goals in one period for the last one season to do that since Mario Lemieux? I don't think no. he did. No, he didn't. That's a good point. Patrick Marlowe, is, it was nearly exactly 20 years since Mario Lemieux did it in 1997. I believe it was January 26, 1997, and Marlowe got it January 23rd this year. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, I think it was interesting. Uh, basically, that's the only thing that matters about this game. Um, Spencer Martin, the... Colorado Avalanche goalie his first NHL game was the previous game like mm-hmm. the two days before against the Sharks and he did okay but he was definitely like out of position and wasn't playing well he brought it to the shootout you know so he didn't yeah he did job. he did well enough to bring it to the shootout but he definitely had some mistakes in his game or overtime sorry overtime is what I meant yeah and uh this game I think the adrenaline he had was not quite as high and he definitely let in some kind of weaker stuff and i think once milo gets on a tear like that you know it's demoralizing uh and he got sent down after this game yeah i remember after the first the first game i kind of felt bad for him because he looked kind of demoralized that he lost in overtime but yeah then (laughs) then he got destroyed even more the next game but i was really really happy to see patty score i think the past couple years when i've seen patrick marlowe score i've just been kind of just rooting for him because he's still one of my favorite players and there's all been all this talk about trading Patrick Marlowe and last season how they were saying that he was suggesting going to the Rangers or the Kings or the Ducks or something like that and that was just kind of heart-wrenching so I always root for him and I I I honestly think since that game I went to um, back at home when they played the Devils earlier in the season I think it was November or something like that. I think that was his first game on the top line with Pavs and Jumbo. And I think from that game onward, he's just been, he's been like kind of revitalized with the new energy. And I think he's been one of our best players in just, in terms of just bringing it and skating hard, skating well for the past month, two, two and a half, three months, you know? I know this is a wide range that I just gave. I don't know. I just, one to three months, I should say. I think he's been pretty consistent and that hasn't always been a production, but he's just kind of exploded. Um, especially that four goal night, which is really awesome. That's going to be a memory in team history. Yeah. I think it's been great. He's, um, he's up there on team goals. Uh, let me bring it up, but he is, um, he's killing it. I think he is second on team. Uh, I think he's second on team in, in scoring goals, which is just awesome because at the beginning of the season and earlier in the season, he was, he was not, so it's yeah. pretty sweet to see him just get, yeah, he's second on the team in goals with 18. I'm sure if there was a graph that we could show our listeners that showed like goals by date, 
I'm sure it'd be pretty flat and then be super spiky. So Ian, we're recording today. Today is February 1st. Today and is the February 1st. in the past four games, Patrick Marlowe has scored six goals. So in the past mm-hmm. four games, he's gotten a third of his total goals this season, which is yeah. pretty amazing. Yeah, and then you say, well, well, guys, he got four in one game. And then we say, he got four in one game. <laughs> he got four Virgin goals in one game. Yeah. The last person who did that was Mario Lemieux. He got he got four goals in the third period. In the third period, alone. correct. Yeah. Sorry. Other people Still. have done it before, yeah. Still. Which just means it's even crazier. And to top the end of the end of this discussion off, because there's really nothing else to talk about, the game was okay, and then Marlowe scored four, and it was amazing. He blew up in the third period. Yeah. He was moved to the top line on the third on, on the second line in the third period. And right. I really think he's he's not a fourth line or a third line player. He benefits from playing with some skilled teammates. Um, not because they bring up his level of play and feed him more than he normally is, but I think he can just read better and uh, he elevates his own game as well. And it was great. He he moved to that line. I believe it was the second line. Someone can correct me if I'm wrong. Let us know on Twitter. But uh, it was it was great to see. I think you're right, and I we'll talk about this in the in the next few games after that. But he's been on that second line with Couture and Bodker, which I've been really a big fan of with that speed and skill. Uh, another thing, just about that game before we leave it. Really quick, it's just the Burns, Brent Burns point tracker. He got a goal and two assists. So another multiple, multi-point game for uh, Brent Burns. All right, next game. Yes. Against the Winnipeg Jets the next night. Which didn't happen because that sucked. <laughs> it was so bad. Uh, it started off good and then, yeah, it just didn't work out well. Wait, what are you talking about? We won that game. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we won against we? the Jets. Remember how My we gosh. won seven straight? <laughs> we lost to the Oilers before the All-Star break? Yeah, it was the Oilers. It was the Oilers. I was yeah. thinking I got my games mixed up. Yeah. To be the fair, I think we forgot about this game um, earlier as well. But I had a lot of notes on this game, actually. Yeah. I think it started off pretty pretty much a doozy, and then I have a note on what happened. It was, yeah, the the Jets were just coming on, and it felt they were doing it. The Sharks were kind of in it, um, and then the Jets got their third goal, and it just like felt like it was over. And then the Sharks just kept on pushing. Yeah. Right when uh, they got the penalty shot, when Melker got his penalty shot. Um, he scored and they were just, they were on fire and they were pumped up and they were ready to go. Mm-hmm. And I think it kind of showed the metal of the sharks a little bit They're They've got some, uh, characters, wrong word, but they got some veteran presence. And a lot of times you hear about the veterans, they bring like determination and, uh, just never giving up. And they, I really think the, uh, the veteran presence on the Sharks team with the Winnipeg Jets, they've got it to a degree, but they're also a little bit younger. Uh, some of their core players are younger than some of the Sharks' core players. And I think uh, the Sharks really stole that game out from them, and the Winnipeg Jets kind of felt it happening and did not have a response. Right. So, 
Yeah. It's a, it's the sort of thing where if I was a Jets fan, I'd be extremely frustrated about that loss. I Which think is they what were, happens next game for us. Yeah, they were upset about that because uh, if you remember, Carlson kind of had a partial breakaway and he was somewhat impeded to the game, the penalty shot. I think a lot of the Jets fans were unhappy about that. Uh, I can see why the call was made, though. Um, yeah. Uh, what clutch are goal, make, tying it at 3-3, and then Marlowe gets that game winner. So. Yeah, one of the announcers said that uh, the there was like a slash that got called for the penalty shot, and it was like there was no attempt made to play the puck. It was just like he was trying to slash his stick or his hands. Yeah. And because there's no attempt made, they just like uh, give him a penalty shot, yeah. which is not not super common. Most of the time, that you get a, a, a penalty in a power play, right? Which yeah. in this last game against Chicago last night. Kane kind of got tripped up by Burns, but he still had a shot attempt, and they just called a normal power play. Exactly. And his breakaway, you could remember that. Yeah, I thought I thought that was going to be a penalty shot for sure. Interesting thing about this, Marlowe, he got another goal, the game winner, to make um, to pull the Sharks ahead four three. But he moved one away from being tied with Bobby Hull for second most game winning goals with one team. So wow. Patrick Marlowe has a lot of game winning goals. He's got a lot of goals in general. <laughs> But he's got a lot of game-winning goals, and I think that was pretty cool as well. Still yeah. really glad he's on our team, and, oh, want, yeah. and I want him to stay. That's my personal opinion. We will we will talk about this more later. Definitely. Uh, my, my tidbit, my last parting comment was, uh, you know, I may not be the biggest fan of Dell. I think he is capable. Do I think he's way better than he is playing? A lot of people seem to think that he's super, super, super good. I see some holes in the game with my eyes that are very much not professional or like goalie reading, but uh, I, I see some gaps in his game, mainly just with his rebound control, which he coughs them up pretty high and sometimes. But this game, Dell had some insane scrambling saves. Yeah, he did. And I, I have seen that from Dell. And I... I'm going to get heat for this. I feel like he does it as good as Jones does. Maybe better. Maybe it's just the only thing that super, super sticks out with me, which makes me feel that way. But you look at a team like the Kings, and the Sharks do this against them so many times. It's like, we'll get them into, like, like take out their kneecaps with like a power play attempt or like a uh, rush off the a shot off the rush or something like that and then like all of a sudden there's like four Kings players like all on their knees like trying to smack people out of the way and like cross check them away and just like push them out of the way and like Quake is like on the ground doesn't see the puck and like people are just like whacking and scrambling somehow it never seems to go in for the Sharks when we play them like that and it seems like the Kings for whatever reason always always keep it out and then i look at the sharks sometimes it happens in the same situation where the sharks are playing that scrambling defense um but i feel like we don't do it as much and i feel like dell the past games i've seen him where he has gotten into those like crazy scrambling modes i think he's done a really really good job of saving making those like five six saves in a row where the puck isn't really a dangerous shot but it just speaks to your puck tracking ability and yeah. just being able to make odd saves like with the back of your glove instead of catching it or like 
you know, just trying to feel it, losing it in your pads, stuff like that. I think he's done a great job. I definitely see that too. I think it's hard to quantify that with Martin Jones versus Aaron Dell because I think a lot of it has to do with the defense in front of them as well. But mm-hmm. I see what you're saying. And I had some specific notes on that. At the end of the game, I saw Dell coughing. Um, yeah, and the, the puck crossed favorite. the line, but the, they blew the whistle. And also, Dustin Bufflin pushed him in with his stick. He actually yeah. got his stick under his pad and kind of scooped him into the goal. So it wouldn't have been a goal anyway because it would have been goaltender t- goal interference. But I just love to see it when goaltenders cough in because I think it's, it's the funniest thing. They just like they're just like I'm screwed. I'm just gonna go die. <laughs> it's just their last last ditch effort where they're I'm just gonna lay on my back. Yeah, they're like it's somewhere underneath my body. Maybe I'll get it this time. Yeah, but it turns um, out to work. I see what you're saying. I think this game the Jets were really pushing at times, and he made some of those crazy scrambly saves, like you're saying, and it's it was really fun to watch. So this was kind of a great come from behind win. A little bit hectic at times, but definitely a solid win before coming back home uh, and playing the Oilers, which we should get into next. I didn't see much of this game. I watched the first period, I think, and I was cut out. And then I just saw the score, and I was like, well, I don't want to watch this. (laughs) Um, So I'm going to let you take the lead on this one mainly. Um, Yeah, we played the Oilers. And that's all I have to say. <laughs> and we lost. No. Uh, we had this play. Okay, first off, overall notes. Hurdle came back, and he did not look like he missed a step. He was laying some hits. He started back on the first left wing, first line left wing. Um, and he, uh, yeah, he did a really good job. It's It's great seeing him back. I expected to see him back after the All-Star break, just getting that last bit more of rest. But seeing him start when he did, um, yeah, he looked great. So, and he and he and you can see that he still has his confidence because he is hitting people and he's receiving hits and he doesn't he doesn't look timid, which is which is nice and I appreciate that. Um, Ryan Carpenter had another good game. Um, He's making some smart moves, and he's a big guy, and he can he can protect the puck well, and I think he makes smart moves. He may not be the fastest or the best thinking player, but for like a fourth line center, maybe a third line in a time of need, uh, he does what he should be doing really well, and I, I really enjoy seeing him play. And I, I feel like he's Michael Haley is on IR. When he comes back, it's going to be a hard choice. Um, Ryan Carpenter is younger, so. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Other than that... You're a big fan of Ryan Carpenter right now. I know. I am. I am. It's a recent thing because he's been playing recently, but uh, I love it. Um, I will say that I, I do like the way that he's been playing. I just think that there hasn't been really enough time to really get a good evaluation mm-hmm. of how good yeah. he's going to be long-term, you know? Mm-hmm. I agree. I think it speaks well to his uh, skill and determination, etc., all that good stuff. Uh, the fact that he's earning this fourth line spot in this time of ultra competitiveness for the, uh, especially like fourth line and the third line where they're rotating a lot versus more on the top line where it's a little bit more settled. Um, yeah, but the game overall, the first the first goal that we scored absolutely 
picked apart the Oilers' defense. It was so beautiful to watch. I think I watched that replay like three or four times. And you just see like the lack of overall team buy-in that they have. Um, The Oilers? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like I, I thought it was a great tic-tac-toe play by yeah. uh, Bodker, Couture, and Marlowe. Like I said, I really like that Yeah, that line. Exactly. I, it was so beautiful. And again, classic Couture really just coming in as the late man high to form the high point of a triangle where the two bottom points would be level crashing the net. And that high point would be Marlo, uh, Couture coming in late. I feel like all of his goals, he does that, and he's always not picked up very well. And what happened, which is what I was saying about, like, lack of team buy-in, like, uh, McDavid has, like, resurrected that franchise. Like, they had a little bit going on last season um, once they got McClellan, and uh, they started doing a little bit better. They started trading for some D. They got Larson. They started taking things more seriously. It had been, I think, a couple seasons after they got the new GM. So things had started to pick up, but they were not where they were last season as they are this season and almost all of that i feel like you have to attribute to my to mcdavid or at least a huge part of that no it's it's milan lucic yeah it's lucic clearly (laughs) he was absolutely invisible the whole game i love that he just like somehow he somehow sticks around on the sharks so i love that i can hate someone on the team but yeah anyways so so just dry who's having a great season Early he in the really game, just butchered his name. I think. <laughs> no, it's no, it's Leon Drysaddle. Drysaddle, really? Yeah, it's, he's German, so. Dreisaitl? I always thought it was Drysaddle. Maybe I, I'm just getting, I'm just buying into what I hear. Yeah. A lot of hockey am, commentators I am say. Open to being wrong, but Leon Drysaddle, Drysaddle, whatever. Um, number twenty nine. He. It was early in the game, and Couture again coming through neutral zone on that tic tac passing play with all that speed that we have coming through. Couture saw an opening and kept on going. He, Drysaddle saw Couture pass him and then only half-heartedly went for a back check. And then Couture got an extra, like, two steps on him. And then Drysaddle recognized what was going on and then was like, oh, crap, i got to get back. And then he was too far away, and Couture received the puck, skated in, had more time to shoot, and then shot and scold, and it was great. Mm-hmm. Um and I just kind of I thought that really simple thing shows that the Oilers, yeah, they're positioning the standings. They've come a long way, and they are way better than they were. But I think that little microcosm of a play kind of shows that they still um, they still got some places to go. I think they might make the playoffs. I think they probably are. It would be harder for them to miss the playoffs now where they are unless something really happens to their team. But I don't think they're going to go deep. So you're saying essentially that the defensive mindset, defensive prowess of the team of their team is is not up to snuff yet. I think they just don't have a complete game yet. Yeah, I think their biggest needs are on defense for sure. Well, let's hope that you're you don't have to eat your words this spring. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So what ha- what happened? I mean, we're obviously praising the Sharks right now but they lost the game and the Oilers took over in the second and third so what happened basically the Sharks came out super hot in the first period and they just like absolutely like um were just laying it out on the first period and dominating the Oilers and at the very end of the period uh 
they scored a, a really lame goal against us. Um, and it just kind of went in, and immediately Peter DeBoer challenges it, which I kind of love that he does that. A lot of times when we have these like really close games and the other team scores a deflating goal, he challenges the play. I'm not even sure if he thinks that he's going to win it or not, but it earns like another like two minutes of time for players to get rest and to like psychologically get Settle it together. Down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really like that, even if he doesn't win. Because a lot of times you're probably not going to use your challenge during the game. So good on him for doing it. They scored a lame goal. I think it ended up being 1-1, and the shots were like relatively close. And the Oilers may have even had more. But like the chances was like extremely heavily favoring the Sharks. So I, I thought it was going to be great. And then they... Uh, the Sharks kept on playing, and they like were dominating the first 10 minutes of the third period. They didn't score. Um, they had the Oilers held without a shot for the first 10-plus minutes uh, of the second period. And then I don't know what happened, and then they just like stopped, gave up, wanted to go to the All-Star break early, something like that, and then they just... <laughs> and then after that, my single line item for the third period notes was garbage. <laughs> much much like my notes were for yeah. that St. Louis game a few few a couple weeks ago. Yeah, it it just it made me mad. I hated yeah. it. It was such a winnable game, and it's Edmonton, and they're so close in the standings. Like, ah, two points against Edmonton is so huge, and they just like ugh, they just like gave up. And it was Let's sad. not forget though that this was what their seventh game in eleven days or something like that. Yeah, in context, 100% makes sense, and I totally get it. But it just sucked because it was so close, and we were doing so well, and they scored a goal, and then it was, like, deflated, and then they're like, oh, okay. This is such an element of being a hardcore Sharks fan or a sports fan in any in any sport. Your team's doing well, and then they lose once, and you just kind of kind of flip out for a little bit. You have a mini yeah, freak like, out. It makes me get a bit angry. Just like, I've got to read myself to sleep tonight. Like, it's like <laughs> my mind's racing. Yeah, but um, after that, yeah, that game ended. We went on the All-Star break. Migs, did you watch the All-Star break? Not really. Game? Yeah, neither did I because who really cares? Yeah, I think if I, we were I watched, younger... I think I watched the Pavelski and Burns goals just because I'm such a homer, you know? Um, yeah, I saw... But yeah. no, not really. I heard it was a more boring game this year compared to Nashville last year. Yeah. And even though it was a three-on-three tournament, which they thought really revitalized the All-Star game last year, it just wasn't the same this year from what I heard. Maybe it was just because it was new yeah. last year. But it's like shininess f- had worn off already. Yeah, our first game in the Pacific, we beat the Central, I think it was, 10-2. to two. It's like, dude, it's the all-star game. If you can't score, like, five goals in your game, like, what are you doing? Yeah, especially a three-on-three. But, uh, yeah, it was kind of cool. The NHL brought out a bunch of old stars and, like, legends for the weekend because it was uh, the 100-year anniversary of the league, and it was in L.A., so there's a lot of movie stars in the, the game that they had, the celebrity game, where... Bieber got decked by Pronger. Oh, I haven't seen that yet. I really it was, want it was to pretty see that funny. Video. He he was just like pushing him into the wall, but he like once he's on the wall, he's like really pushing him. And there's a great picture. It's a really close close up crop of their face, and like Bieber's helmet is like off center, like smashing him in the face, and then Pronger's just like laughing. It's pretty funny. 
Yeah. So he was um, playing in that game with Justin Bieber. Was he playing with other celebrities? There or? is there is some NHL players or former NHL players playing mixed in with celebrities. So yeah. But Bieber, you know, Bieber's Canadian. Yeah. He was has, Chris like, Pronger up to his old tricks. No, nah, dude. <laughs> yeah, he's like he, he's never gonna. Uh, no, he's he honestly is not. He's be doing he's, stuff like that again. His health sadly is actually for the rest of his life. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of somber. But yeah, All Star Weekend. Don't really care. Moving on. We played Chicago on the 31st which is two days ago since we no yesterday no yesterday recorded. boy was that a dope game that was oh. a great exciting hockey game oh my gosh i think i yeah i mean maybe honestly, one of the most so entertaining games of the year so far i would say yeah and i just look at this game and it's like i i honestly don't feel scared when we play chicago because every time we play Chicago, we have a really good game. I, I in the agree. past last like two seasons, and I just love that we just like came out and gamed hard, and they did too, and it was just an awesome game to watch. I loved it, and I mean, it looked pretty even the entire game. Chances going left and right, both saves, both goalies getting some crazy saves. Um, yeah, oh, it was it was insane. Some like pretty pretty wicked shots going on and yeah i think what do you think i think the whole aspect of players getting rest for those that didn't go to the all-star all-star game and even the players who played in the all-star game it's a restful time they're able to kind of recuperate from any aches and pains they're having or just fatigue which the sharks played a lot of games before the break and it's just really cool when you see players kind of jump out and have that high-paced game. And I I know you see it at the beginning of the NHL season, and it's easy not to get really excited at the beginning with the Sharks in particular because we have an older team. I remember at the beginning of last year and maybe at the beginning of this year a little bit, we go on those like three, four-game win streaks, and the way they're playing is good because they're fresh, they're rested, but you have to take it with a grain of salt because you have to remember those aspects that – that element of fatigue and wear and tear that's going to happen throughout the season. And it's really that, that marathon, not sprint mentality of they're going to have to grind it out and, and protect themselves well, um, or just take care of them themselves well. So they'll be going to the playoffs, um, as optimally as they can physically. So it was great to see that game. Yeah. I think you have a really good professional insight on that as you are studying physical therapy. Uh, I think you can definitely see that rest is important and you hear it, but seeing a game like that, there's no argument that they felt rested and that was why both teams came out like they did. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, continue like great, great points. I'd love to hear what you have to say. That was also the, the psychological element of both teams are kind of close in the Western conference. We, we leapfrogged Chicago to 66 points where they stayed at 65 so, and I know they're not in the same division as us, but I think there's a bit of a rivalry that budded back in 2010 when we went to the Western Conference Final against them. And I think, I think of all the, I think we played Blackhawk, the Blackhawks 2010 in Vancouver the next year. I still hate Vancouver <laughs> so much. But the Blackhawks, yeah. it's like I was really upset. And that was kind of at the beginning of my intense fandom. But it's it's one of those things where I, 
I have a respect for Chicago because they're such a good team. I don't really, really despise them as a team too much. But you get up for those games because, like you're saying, when those teams play each other, it's just like a good hockey game, you know? Yeah. And I think their styles, the way they play against each other, kind of brings out the best. And we definitely saw that last night. DeBoer said that. He said that Joel Quenneville probably liked the way that our team played as DeBoer liked the way the Blackhawks played. It was just a, a fun, fun hockey game. Yeah, I think that, um, I mean, I was there when we lost in 2010, 6-3 at home, and it sucked. Yeah. It sucked so much, and I hated them so much. We haven't played them that much in the playoffs since then, and I mean, they, that was the first year of their, like, Stanley Cup window where they really just shredded it. But, oh, I wish them ill will. But they're just so well run, and they're such a good team that it just yeah. like, hasn't happened. So when I see Vancouver, who definitely like shysted us again, because those are the farthest we had ever gone with that good of a team. Mm-hmm. We had been to the Western Conference Final before, but we didn't have quite chances like we did then. We got swept by the Blackhawks, and the very next year we go back in, we're like, yes, let's go. And we win like one game against Vancouver, and we get eliminated by that stupid puck bouncing off the high boards and it's just like oh, no and then only bxa sees the puck and he whacks it and like no one sees the puck and it goes between the skate and the goal it ended Ugh. with such confusion and so oh, the game was over oh. and then I, I remember like watching it in my dorm room and i was just like oh ah, ah, no no what yeah. i was just like so confused and mad and i was like ah but i think it kind of highlights like they play such a similar style to us they all their pieces are just interlocked and just they work so well as a team yeah um and their gm does an amazing job um and they're definitely a model franchise because they've had some high turnover with the roster but they continue to play extremely well with the pieces that they have but they play such a similar game as we do and i love seeing it be so effective right i mean other than that of note like the game was just the whole game was an entire highlight reel yeah um it was really and good and then marlo got power play goal to get a 499 career career goal he also had one earlier in the game that got waved off which is kind of <laughs> lame so technically he scored 500 Five, yeah but but i'm sure if really, you counted I up, guess. yeah yeah i'm sure if you counted all the other ones he'd be way over 500 yeah it got waved off but i thought it really funny uh, randy Hahn, as the power play started like he he like called it He's like, yeah, it'd be, wouldn't it be great if uh, Patrick Marlowe gets a power play goal here for a career goal number 499? And then he, like, did it, like, 30 seconds later. I was like, yeah. oh, shoot. Yeah. I think it's great that uh, Patrick Marlowe and Joe Thorian are approaching these big milestones in their career at the same time. If you go back to their, them being drafted one and two back in 1997, they end up on the same team, and they've kind of gone through so much together. It's just like a feel-good story in a way, you know? And I think yeah. that's why this whole talk about not being able to resign, one of them moving forward, it's a it's a sad thing because if you think about the core of the Sharks, we have, you know, Pavelski, Burns, Couture as some youngerish players, but Thornton and Marlowe have been such a central part so two central players to this core for years. And I think when they're gone, however that happens, it'll just be the new era of the team like actually so i am yeah. not looking forward to that day i think they're great players and they are you know ever since i've been a fan 
the the main guys you know so anyway great game um yeah what are the, some of the things that you're hoping for for these last 30 or so games well i think the chicago i think the chicago game was definitely a start to the unofficial end of the season the all-star all-star break is generally kind of regarded as like the last kind of run of games before the end of the season before the trade deadline trade deadline was only 20 games before the end of the season so moving it a little bit further back you get about 30 games to go which is kind of nice like almost third of the season going on so honestly if the, the sharks just need to keep on doing what they're doing get healthy promote healthy roster competition some people who aren't scoring need to score more it'd be great if LeBanc could get some in Timo Meyer could pick some stuff up um, I mean, all obviously, if everyone started scoring more, that'd be great. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think we're doing fine. I love our power play to get better. Um, I found it interesting that Chicago also has a their power play was like almost exactly as bad as ours. Yeah, percentage wise, it was like maybe like a point percentage, like points percentage better. Not even like a full percent. Maybe it was, but it, and was, it was more said- than that last night and, that they were one for 17 in their last few games so and they're good. such a good team and it makes me think as long as your penalty kill is successful and you don't allow goals to be scored on you that's more important if your five on five scoring is good like it is with the sharks or at least is capable well i think we can improve in that category too i think everything can go on but i think what i'm saying is our, our defense really gives us a leg up against teams in the league yeah. So I think just keep on doing what we're doing, and uh, let's make another run of the cup. I think a big thing moving forward will be managing rest and finding rest as best as possible. And I think Peter DeBoer Seriously. did a really good job of that last year, which probably had a big part contributing to the success of the Sharks in the postseason. I know that's been talked about before, but I just think that really needs to be emphasized, just the way our bodies work, especially what they're doing on a regular basis uh that rest is important and i think i'm glad that we have a coach that's aware of that and that's not just going to run his players into the ground um will martin jones need more rest he thinks he's fine hopefully he'll continue to be good moving forward um maybe dell might get some more starts moving forward however i i think dell will get more starts as the season goes on um Yeah, my yeah, I, I I think Dell will get more starts. I think it'll kind of be like last year, where uh, as the end of the season goes on, he'll get more rest going into the playoffs because that's huge. Um, I don't think they'll get as much starts as it was after we got Jonathan Bernier or James Reimer on uh, the trade deadline last year. I don't think management has the same trust as they in Aaron Dell as they do. Like he's twenty seven. His game isn't gonna get better for the most part. It might get a little bit better, but he's a known quantity. He's twenty seven. Goaltending isn't quite the same as other positions. You're just stopping pucks at all levels and it's very much a you play with your team in front of you, but a lot of it is uh it's, it's a little bit more individual than other positions. So I, I think the team will be looking for I think he's earned his time 
if he if something happens with the backup goalie position, I wouldn't be surprised. I was listening to a uh, uh, interview with Doug Wilson and Kevin Kurz on his most recent Sharks Insider podcast, Kevin Kurz's podcast by CSN California. Great podcast. You should listen to it. Um, and he was kind of asking questions about Thornton and Marlowe and their contracts. And, you know, he was being really coy, saying, like, I don't talk about any sort of personal details about tra- player transactions for Thornton and Marlowe. But when he talked about Dell, he was kind of distancing himself a little bit, saying that, like, you know, uh, we might explore it. We always do. Uh, we, we like Aaron Dell. We know what he's done for us. Great guy. And it was just like, hmm. Didn't sound like he was 100% on him. So, something changes there. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. But that's just me. <laughs> and by the way, we just have no whatever. conflict of interest with CSN California. <laughs> yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, I see what you're saying. I think there is room to improve for goaltenders, especially if they've played most of their career in the AHL. If he gets that higher level competition, it can kind of fine tune him and refine him a little bit more. Maybe you disagree, but yeah, at, at the very least, you'll see his true potential maybe become evident when he plays more NHL games. And I think you said that he's a known quantity. Is he really, we probably need to see a bit more to see how he does against high level competition throughout uh, a larger span of games. I think he's a known quantity to the coaching staff and the Sharks organization, not to us as fans. Okay. I think we both can agree on that, but I think on the technical side and, everything like that you mean right yeah things that really technically matter versus what we feel but i mean he'll he'll get more starts as the season ends we definitely need people to be rested going in you you saw how this last game of chicago went when people had rest yeah it's gonna be tough it's a big factor yeah uh you know early in the podcast we kind of mentioned marlo marlo is an unrestricted free agent along with joe thornton uh Maybe we'll talk about Joe Thornton's contract uh, in a podcast or so, but Marlowe's four-goal game and being so close to 500, we thought it would be interesting to talk about uh, how Marlowe shapes up for the future after this season. Uh, Miggs mentioned that there was some issues last season where I think Marlowe was unhappy and was looking to see if he could maybe move to a different team at the trade deadline. And uh, I find that really interesting, Migs. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, I think the whole picture of it has changed somewhat since we went to the Cup Final last year. From the perspective of fans and the outlook on the team, even from the players' perspective, I think they want to go and have another shot at it. Now, human beings are fickle, so if we lose in the first round in the playoffs, things are going to go back to being a bad mindset with re-signing players this player didn't work hard enough they didn't contribute enough in the playoffs things like that there's going to be narratives like that so it's going to really depend on how well we do in these playoffs as well uh hopefully we make it far and we win the stanley cup ultimately but who knows what's going to happen i personally would love to see patrick marlon on the team again he's an older player and he's not going to get the same money that he's making now. What is it? Six, 6.5 million or so. So 6.5. if That's we get discounted down to, don't say four. I, I really, I really don't <laughs> have a good sense of how much would be reasonable for players at his age. And he's still producing decently given his age. 
Uh, I think if we could manage between 4.5 and 5 even, there might be a spot for him on the team. And maybe that's just a ridiculous yeah. thing to say. <laughs> maybe I'm just not aware of this well enough. But yeah. contract length, maybe put him in another contract year, another year, maybe two years. I probably wouldn't do more than two. Yeah, you bring up some interesting points. Um, I think four. <laughs> I think anything under five million is a pipe dream. <laughs> I, I just don't think it's going to happen. I would love it to happen, but the Sharks are pretty tight against the cap right now. Um, we have Adam Bursch's buyout and um, Tommy Wingles' retained salary counting for almost $1.4 million against us as cap. Mm-hmm. But that's off the books next season, which is when he's UFA, which is when we, his new contract, if we do sign him, would be kicking in you bring up his age he's 37 but he's a freak athlete you know Timu Solani played Solani played when till he's like I think he retired at 42 like Thornton is going at 37 Marlo's going at 37 like uh Mark Recchi like he played until he was like 44 I think maybe like in his 40s like Shane Doan is in his 40s like Shane Doan is I think 40 or 39 is he 40 yet He's, he's not 35, right? He's, he's not he's 35 old. yet. So my point is, is like I think certain players really can elevate their game, like especially as forwards. As a defenseman, I think you can play a little bit longer. But I think in age, for the elite level, like Thornton's like a shoe-in for the Hall of Fame. He should have been named to the NHL 100 Best Players. Why was Taves named and Thornton wasn't? I don't know. That's lame. We don't need to get into it. But, oh, I'd like, like to talk for, about that, but maybe another time. Well, maybe maybe another time. But yeah, like Marlo, could you talk about Marlo being in the in the Hall of Fame? Like, you know, if he does hit 500, which he likely will do this season, he's one of like 45, maybe 46 other players to do that in the history of the NHL. Yeah. Like, like it's not absurd to think about him getting in. Will he get in? Like, I don't know. But like this is a this is like a a, a freak of nature player who is playing with still breaking speed at 37 and that's part of his game and it's still there and I think it's a little bit risky to sign him because eventually that speed will go away but even three years brings him to 40 Tamu Solani slowed down but he was still scoring like Aginla's still scoring you know right I, I did some comparisons and looking at money that I think he'll get I think a, a good comparable contracts are Jerome Aginla and Shane Doan they both have almost a thousand career points just like um, just like Marlowe, both recently signed new contracts in the past couple of years, so the cap situations are similar, uh, and just kind of contract trends are similar, and they both make exactly five point three million dollars against the cap. So Marlowe makes six point five, so that's a one point two million dollar discount. Term, I think he'll get two, maybe he'll go three, if Thornton wants three. I think they might want to go out together. Um, but I think I think he stays on the team. I, I don't really know term. I think they'll he'll want to because he's the player, and I think they'll do right by him because he's such a long-time shark, and he has been... What he brings, he's elevated in this recent play, and I think he still shows that he's still got that. So I think he'll probably get two or three. Um, and I think he will take a little bit of discount. I don't think he's really sinking money at this point in his career. I think he wants to be played paid like normal normally but uh, just to finish off my rant here 
Um, I think that earlier last season or something like that, um, when we lost like so many games in February and somehow, somehow picked it up. Like I think last season at some point we were like 27th in the NHL. I think it was before, I think we were good past the all-star break. Um, yeah, yeah. It was Earlier first this season, half of the season. We weren't doing too well. We were like garbage. It was so bad. And like, of course, Marlon wants to get off that team. Like, he's he's thirty seven. He wants to win a cup. He hasn't won a cup yet. And then you know you go through February, starting to get into trade deadline talk, and they're st- they lose those stretch of games. Like Marlon wants out. You know, I hate it, but I get it. Right? Mm-hmm. It's his whole whole life's dream to get out and win a Stanley Cup. And then I think it all kind of shuts up, and he's in line now once DeBoer's system pays off and they make it to the Stanley Cup final if he were to go cup chasing to another team you're not guaranteed to win the cup of that team you've seen so many players do it and it not work out like case in point Jerome Ginla went to the Bruins didn't win went to the Penguins didn't win went to the Colorado Avalanche clearly didn't win chased the contract there <laughs> clearly they're oh, a tire wow. fire and his, his like so bad yeah they're so bad and now he's like He's, he has so little points this season. He wants off that team, and of course they're going to sell him, but he's lost his time where he's a valuable asset. Yeah. So I, I talked for too long, but I, I think Marlo stays because where else would he go? Because he knows the Sharks. He knows the system. He doesn't have to relearn or gel with teammates or get along in the locker room or move his family. I think it's honestly the perfect situation for him right now. I know what you're saying. I think what you're saying, though, probably stands in the face of what a lot of people are saying. I think a lot of people suspect him to not be re-signed in the offseason. But, you know, he's making a case for himself. I think he's playing hard. He's demonstrating his athleticism and his ability to skate hard and skate well for the past two, three months, like I've been saying. And he's been producing more lately as well. And like I said the performance of the team in the playoffs I think is going to dictate how players are perceived from the management side and what they're how they're going to approach the players on their side so what mm-hmm. you're saying about Marlo wanting to want to stay with the team at this point that may be true but I think a lot of the way the team approaches him and other players will be dependent on the performance in the playoffs and you know that could be applied to every season but since we're focusing on Marlowe and Thornton as kind of older players who may be going to a con potential contract extensions that may last towards the end of their careers. Um, it's just things to think about and consider from the management's perspective. I, I, I would like them to stick around because they are known for their ability to produce, but it's just a risk when, you consider how much their their aging may affect their production moving forward. And we've already seen yeah. Jumbo slow down. He's been going through a lot in terms of playing a lot for the past few months. He played in the World Cup. They all went to the Stanley Cup final. Patrick Marlowe, has, I think he's had an uptick in his production since last season and the season before, so that's good. So he's demonstrating he's still got it. Hopefully Jumbo can start to turn it around moving forward as well. And the whole team really could do better with scoring five on five and on mm-hmm. the power play uh, yeah. in general. Yeah. I think if our five on five scoring was, I think honestly, this, the, the extended summer with the world cup of hockey and the compressed schedule being even more compressed than it is, I really think has affect league wide scoring. Um, 
it's down and our power play being pretty bad really affects people's point totals as well. Um, I think I think what people are seeing is the contract, the uh, the cap. Um, cap, I was just reading a report today, Gary Bettman at the All-Star Game more or less said that it's not going up. I guess it's tied to the Canadian dollar and the Canadian dollar is not doing well. I don't know why it's tied to the Canadian dollar, but I think... I think people expect the cap to be playing um, the playing a, a nefarious role in forcing one of Marlowe or Thornton out. But I think at this point, they're not about money. I don't think they'll take a serious pay cut because I don't really think they need to unless they take longer-term contracts um, because they're on a team that they've been with their whole time, especially in Marlowe's case. They don't have to relearn anything. They can just play and they know and they're familiar and they believe maybe I'm hoping that what I feel in my heart is what they feel as well but I feel like Marlo <laughs> right. Marlo wanted to escape because he wanted to win and I think it's very clear that we can win in San Jose and I think the salary cap situation I was just running through some projections that I was doing uh, just getting that 1.4 million back from the Burrish buyout and the Wingles salary retention um, and I think this youth movement has really helped us. Yeah. I think, uh, like, especially Wingle's salary getting off the book, like Melker Carlson, I'm not sure. I think he's an interesting piece. He he might get a short end of a stick a little bit. He sh- he's a great penalty killer. But I think a lot of the worries that people have are about what we sign Thornton and Marlowe to. But I think it you could give people some promotions and give people more money based on how they're playing. And as long as you don't give them too crazy stuff, I think we can keep everyone. And that's keeping the cap the same and giving Thornton and Marlowe basically the same contracts, both above 6 million each in cap hit. Right. So if they take any sort of discount, I think we can keep both and Migs, I sure hope we do. And I think that, you know, maybe we need to investigate this a little bit further because maybe there's some players who are, going to be ufas not this next season but the following season or even the season after that that we would have to consider so yeah uh, the big ones i see are hurdle in 2018 2019 vlasic 2018 2019 and then martin 2018 2019. right so those signing re-signing those players is gonna factor in as well so yeah. anyway i think we should probably wrap up this podcast we've been going for about an hour um mm-hmm. Good talk. Uh, glad glad with where the Sharks are and how they're performing. Won eight of their last nine, it seems like. So hopefully they can keep it up yeah. and, and start to produce more on offense a little bit while maintaining their uh, good defensive play. So, yeah. All right. Well, listeners, thank you for listening and tuning in. Um, we'll catch you guys next time. Subscribe, rate us on iTunes, we're on Google Play, we're on TuneIn now, uh, I think we're on Stitcher as well. Visit our blog, check us out, follow us, tweet us, do whatever you want, send us an email, we'd love to hear your questions, get online. Uh, we think we're having fun on the podcast, let us know if you think we are too. Uh, if you rate or review us on iTunes or Google Play, it's going to help other people discuss and um, promote discussion and just uh, raise awareness for our podcast. So, Thank you so much, we'll see you next time. Do you have any questions for us? Want to suggest a topic for us to discuss in the air? Tweet us at underscore back to the point or email us at back to the point at yahoo.com.
Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or whatever podcast platform you prefer, or you can listen online at www.backtothepointpodcast.com. The views and content included in this podcast are our own and is not affiliated with the San Jose Sharks organization or the National Hockey League in any capacity.